0: everybody and welcome to another episode of comics and cinema i'm your host alec klein and as promised we are going to be talking about original sin today though uh there's a couple of other bits of information obviously i wanted to talk about as well and i thought it'd be interesting to see if we can kind of loop them all into this podcast. Obviously, they could be a million podcasts, but uh, they are things that are not typically in my purview of comics or cinema uh, or, you know, any other things, I guess, I I suppose I decide to do in the future. But I don't want to make it that. And and that, again, is politics. But there's been a lot going on this weekend that um, is a sin in and of itself of uh, just the just some terrible things that have been going down in multiple states all over the country um, the biggest one being George Floyd and his death, um, allegedly, uh, I guess you could say allegedly, I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to try and say one thing or the other on the podcast, but the, the police officer basically kneeled on this guy's neck for, uh, nine minutes and, uh, the guy died and, um, he was African American. And, uh, again, according to the reports so far, he was, I guess the police were called because he, I had like allegedly forged a check or something, certainly not something that deserves the treatment that he received. And uh, just because of that, a lot of riots and protests have been going on all throughout the country Uh, in my city is not my city of where I live, but in Denver close by, Uh, we actually got last night, got um, a curfew text from the government saying that uh, we had to be indoors after 8 p.m., I wanted to text back and be like, don't worry, I already was planning on that, (laughs) I wasn't planning on going out, uh, because I've been indoors now for probably two months, haven't really been doing anything because of quarantine, but a lot of people have been out protesting, and uh, to all of them, if any of you are are protesting who are listening to this, uh, thank you for exercising those rights, and um, if you're doing it peacefully, thank you for that as well. Uh, If things got out of hand, uh, I get it. I understand. I've been watching a lot of video footage and it seems like the police have been escalating a lot of this uh, in multiple different cities, which is absolutely insane to me. Uh, that they wouldn't know how to de-escalate something or and and i guess a lot i've seen some videos too of ones where the police are joining the protests or are talking with them so for those people thank you thank you for making the system work for uh being able to peacefully stand for something that you don't agree with and uh also again in those instances where people are, are standing out or are uh, you know where there's cases of of escalations uh, i just hope everyone's being safe and I, I hope you guys are all okay out there uh it is it is truly a crazy time right now with that with the pandemic the you know the economy every everything seems to be kind of crumbling and, it, it, and my wife and i were talking about this the other night uh, we we're actually saying some prayers in regards to this which um, we don't do very often, and uh, we probably should do more of, but um, we're more of a you know, your actions speak louder than words, thoughts and prayers, the quote unquote thoughts and prayers don't really um, not that they don't resonate with us, but it's, you know, come on, we, we get it. obviously a sad situation, but just saying my thoughts and prayers are with with the family like, okay, that's like the get out of jail free card in a sense. So we were actually doing that though, and we were we were praying for, um, you know, to literally anyone who's listening, just to to try and give a sign and, you know, to show that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, that these sort of things are not going to be in vain, um, that, you know, there's there's instances where people might say, oh, you know, this sort of stuff has happened. Uh, before it's oh you know it's happened in the past is nothing has changed it's it's just kind of how it is that is a horrible mindset to have yes you're not wrong this sort of stuff has been happening for a very long time this whole instance probably these last three days uh, of although I was not around to experience it it seems a lot like the Rodney King riots uh, which is kind of the exact same situation where uh, there was police brutality and, um, and I remember reading about it a long time ago, so I apologize if that's not exactly what it is. I don't have that up in front of me. Again, I'm, I'm just talking. But um, it, it feels like we're in the midst of another one of those. And it's crazy to me that these things just continue to happen, that there are not more people in power standing up to this and speaking out and saying no more. Uh, everyone should be treated equally. No one should be hurt for no reason at all um and so and so it's it's crazy so we've there's a lot of crazy stuff going on but we 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 try to see that there's gonna be something good coming out of it that there's gonna be hope at the end of the tunnel and uh, i truly believe that there is and and that's kind of what we were talking about too in some conversations we've had is like there's so much unrest right now there's so much chaos going on whether it's the 30 million unemployed, uh, claims, or I guess, and I'm sure it's even more than that of people who no longer have their jobs and all of these people who either have the virus or know someone who has the virus. I mean, it's crazy to me that you, you, you can be talking in one sentence about civil unrest, um, police brutality, uh, pandemic and viruses, uh, unemployment, uh, a downturn economy, like just all of that happening at once is nuts, and to me, it feels like if our if our society is like a plane of existence where you know everybody is on this thing, it feels like an earthquake is going on right now and is shaking everything. And as more and more things come to light, more and more truths are put out in the open. Uh, There's some crazy stuff, I guess, that's going on with Anonymous right now as well, releasing information. Um, And and coincidentally, stuff on Jeffrey Epstein, uh, which is, again, why I I think it's really interesting. Or I'm, I'm trying to loop all of this into this original sin idea. Where uh, my wife and I just watched the um, the mini series called, I believe it's called Filthy Rich. It just came out on Netflix about Jeffrey Epstein, who's someone, and I don't want to misconstrue this, but someone that I've been very interested in for a long time ever since I saw him in the news because I could not understand how, I mean, I could, it made sense, but like to actually see in practice somebody so rich and powerful that they are able to get away with crimes so easily. Um just fascinated me in, in one of those, like looking at a serial killer type things. Cause he's an he, absolutely terrible person and so manipulative and crazy. But so I had been, and I was explaining this to my, to my family, but like I'd been following Epstein for a while and, um, in and out, especially after last year when he got picked up in New York and then was very promptly arrested and then put in prison and then, uh, quote unquote committed suicide. Uh, I personally don't believe that he committed suicide, and that's because I don't think there's enough evidence to support that he did. Most of the evidence supports that he didn't, but um, that was the only part that I had followed, and I had to follow it in piecemeal just the same way as when we read our comics, we have to follow them monthly. We don't get to read it all at once unless you're patient and you wait, and you get to watch the Netflix special, so uh, it was really cool and also really scary to see all of the things that he and his associates had done over the years, crammed, not crammed though, but crammed into a four-hour documentary. Uh, and when, that part was great. I liked that it was short. We breezed through it. Um, but to see all of that happen and, and you know, all the stuff that he did and to, to think that Somebody who may or may not have either you know handed over a counterfeit bill. I and typically just based on my own personal experience in in uh, retail, I would assume that's a, it's a hundred dollar bill. That's usually the type of bill that's counterfeit. Or if it was a bounced check, which is also incredibly ironic because we uh we were watching. I my weird tangent, my mom, my family lives in Texas, but my mom just bought some chickens, and she messaged us, she's like, hey, uh, we're going to uh, name these chickens, and you guys can each name one, you know, oh, name your chickens, yada, 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 and I wanted to name my chicken Little Jerry Seinfeld from the Seinfeld episode, uh, so Little Jerry, he's doing well if for anyone who's asking, but um, so my wife and I, we were like, let's re-watch that episode of Seinfeld, and so we were watching that episode in that episode, Jerry Seinfeld, the, the whole crux of the episode is that uh, Jerry Seinfeld wrote a check to the bodega the grocery store and it bounced it was a bad check and so the joke was the guy had his check posted up in the store and uh, so everyone was commenting to Jerry like hey you know I got you got a bounced check and he's like oh I know and so the whole you know the crux was little Jerry was a rooster and uh, the bodega guy ran a cockfighting ring and he said if little Jerry Seinfeld you know does some fights I'll take your check down uh, which is in stark contrast to what uh, you know, Flo- George Floyd did um, in terms of if his, if his was a bounce check. Because it, it sounds like it was either a bounce check or like a counterfeit bill. And again, that stuff is very, very common. And again, I've dealt with it a lot within retail. When I worked at parking services at school, it's just a thing that happens sometimes. Where uh, if counterfeit money gets put into the system, some people may have you may have counterfeit money and you may not even know it, and you wouldn't know it until someone swipes the the marker on the car, the um, the bill, and shows that it's not that it's not a, a real bill, that it's counterfeit. So again, I'm not trying to pass judgment on what he did, good or bad, doesn't matter. All I'm saying is. Uh, whether it was a, a a counterfeit bill or a bounced check, he certainly did not get treated like Jerry Seinfeld in a comedy series was not uh, a comedy episode was not written about that sort of thing. it was it was very different. And comparatively, to his his he he just did that if that's what he did that is all that you know it's being alleged that he did jeffrey epstein had 40 different people who were willing to testify against him for inappropriate conduct uh, sex with minors and pedophilia, was it sex trafficking? All all of those things, I would think, arguably, they're probably all more serious than a bounced check or a, uh, a counterfeit bill, in my opinion. But Jeffrey Epstein did not get a knee on his neck. He literally got a slap on the wrist and uh the the documentary goes into full detail kind of what happened how he got away with it and then eventually uh how those things kind of spread and i would say one of the big ones is his name was i think andrew acosta or alex acosta i think it was actually alex i was like whoa dude he's got my name but uh he he essentially didn't prosecute epstein he like came to a deal with the government and then Trump, uh, President Trump had him uh, nominated as the labor secretary, and I'm like, ooh, this is, this is fishy, but, uh, so, so there's just another instance of just terrible sins committed by somebody, and funny enough that those sort of things came to light literally this weekend, that's when that documentary came out, so there are just all of these things that are bubbling up and, uh, people are just getting sick and tired of it, they are tired of the, the way that a police officer can get, will get away with literally anything, and again, not every police officer is bad, I certainly don't believe that, because, or, I certainly don't believe that every police officer is bad, I want to make that clear, I've, I've met some really nice police officers, um, and I'm not in a sense of like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that I'm white. They treated me way better than they should have. I've just I, I've known some um, cops over the years outside of me getting pulled over uh, who have been very nice and very kind. And I see it on these videos, too, of cops who are, are super sweet to little kids and whatnot. So I'm sure there are those out there that are kind. But it's it's interesting how many out there aren't. And there's ample, ample evidence of that. So, uh, just crazy that all that's coming to coming to a head, along with everything with the pandemic. Not necessarily coming to a head, but you've got uh, people who now are going out. There are people who uh, protested, if you remember, probably weeks ago, for wanting to go back out into public and not wear masks anymore, and those people protested with guns. And uh, the response that they received from the police was very different than the response that these protesters are receiving. Not only that, there's a lot of information out there now that's suggesting a lot of the people who are going to these protests were doing so purposely to start violence and had nothing to do with the protest uh, uh, white supremacists. And uh, again, some multiple articles out there that you can look into on that. I am at this point essentially just reporting what I have listened to and learned over the last few days. So um, th- there's much more information out there. And as I'd, I've said before, the truth will come out. There's go- there's gonna be investigations and in all of this. How can there not be? This is this is a huge time in our country's uh, moral journey, I guess you could say. And it's a huge, it, it needs to be a time where um people start doing the hard thing instead of constantly choosing the easy way out and and pushing this stuff under the rug. It, it can't be pushed under the rug anymore. And that is where I will leave that. So, you know, in comics and cinema fashion, we've, we've talked a little bit about the news today. We've talked a little bit about cinema in the Jeffrey Epstein uh, documentary, which again, I would highly recommend watching. Uh, it was really good. And um, again, good in the sense of it was really well made. It provided a lot of information and answered a lot of questions that I had but it was never in any way good in terms of being an enjoyable thing to watch because there are so many victims that were affected by him and his, um, for lack of a better word, crew. And uh, so it's a really powerful, really powerful documentary. Obviously, I liked it better than Tiger King, if that's going to help you at all in terms of deciding because uh, Tiger King is essentially commentary on the uh, sort of ins and outs of American uh, culture in that sort of sector, but this is this is a more prevalent problem. Like I am more concerned about people like Jeffrey Epstein than I am about the Tiger King, and uh, it's it's very telling that uh, the country would try to get you to focus more on somebody like the Tiger King. Oh, let's free the Tiger King, when there are people like Jeffrey Epstein who are are still out there and are uh, getting away with a lot more than what many are able to get away with, and let alone get away with with their life. But with all of that said, that's going to weave into our comics piece of this and the original Sin um, story and series. So I guarantee you've never listened to a podcast where someone was able to simultaneously talk about the news, about cinema and about comics and have a through line all throughout that so let's mark our calendars this is issue uh, number 99 of comics and cinema where alex has yet again tried and hopefully uh, we'll see by the end of this uh, pulled off what uh, many thought could never be done uh, some thought should never be done, but we'll see. Depending on how many of you listen to this and comment and tell me to stop podcasting, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, so we're talking about uh, original sin issues zero through eight. So we're going to talk about the the zero issue, and then uh, we'll jump into the main series. And the reason I say that is because the the zero issue is written by Mark Wade, with pencils by Jim Chung and Paco Medina, and it essentially is a story of Nova Sam Alexander. Uh, and you ought to, the Watcher. And so it's it's like a, a preview, in a sense, into uh, this whole conflict in Original Sin. And if, if I'm being honest, what happens in this Zero Issue is more interesting than what happens in the entire Original Sin series. And I mean that sincerely now because I've read this through and through twice. And I just I I feel bad for I I would love to hear the behind the scenes on this with Jason Aaron, because he is such a prolific writer in my eyes. And I just don't get I don't get what happened. And so maybe maybe talking about it, we can figure it out. But in this original one, the, the title is Who is the Watcher? And so this zero issue is Sam Alexander essentially learning about who the Watcher is and why he does what he does. And we find out that he is a part of an advanced race that has been around for a really long time and has sort of been kind of just observing and watching all of these budding uh, cultures and societies grow. And one day, I believe it's it's his father and, and him. They're they're saying, you know, there's a there's a society here that is they're really far behind. Essentially, we need to help them get ahead a little bit basically we need to involve ourselves in their affairs and they do and then they come back many many years later and find out because they meddled in their affairs this society became very warlike they became very angry and they used that technology that they were given to essentially annihilate themselves very very timely and interesting i mean i don't know how many of you argue about that in terms of uh if that sort of thing happened to us But uh, you can certainly see how things are, again, coming to a head because of uh just the technology of the day that we're able to see so many things happening at once now i mean imagine something like this had happened and again it probably 100 it did back in the 1800s probably in the 1700s definitely in like the 1850 right before around the civil war but uh, no one was reporting on that there wasn't live uh news coverage going on uh for weeks on end for um you know getting to see up-to-date things happening no 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 it, it you you either found out about it because you live close enough to the situation i'm assuming or you never knew about it and you were blissfully ignorant so it's just you know the times they are a changing and so because of this the watchers decide that they will be thus and uh, they will no longer ever interfere in any instance that's going on instead they will just watch and catalog it and um and so that's essentially the zero issue. So you find that out. That um, that's kind of who the Watchers are. For those of you who you know didn't know, and so then you dive into the original sin. So this story is not good in many aspects. So this was at a time where Marvel was. They were, I I would imagine, sort of trying to capture that lightning in a bottle still from uh, stuff such as Civil War and i think more recently on this one i'm trying to remember what would have been right around here but this would have been right after uh, all new marvel now so this would have been after avengers versus x-men so i'm s- certain they're trying to you know capture that just a little bit and the i certainly the idea of this series is interesting on its own and that's it's one of those instances where the idea is better than the execution the idea that um what happens is uh, it's, it's a mystery. So I can see this being pitched at Marvel. Hey, so I got this idea for a story. It is, it is essentially a, an, a Marvel mystery, a whodunit uh, murder mystery and marvel loved it and i'm pretty sure they uh, they i was gonna say propaganda but uh they advertised it as such it was marketed as a murder mystery which is a really cool idea and that's why i wanted to read it but i didn't want to buy the comics I, I bought them digitally because i i i sort of had the idea and again i probably should have because then i could have sold the comics but um, but so, uh, it is, it's a murder mystery about the watcher. And so this entire series is written by Jason Aaron and art by Mike Diodato, uh, which again is an, he, I'll say his art grew on me in this series. And, um, overall I, I like Mike Diodato. I don't like the way that he does his backgrounds is what I'm starting to realize. And he also uses a lot of excess hatching and, uh, that sort of, like, cross-hatching as well with backgrounds, it just, there, there's sort of a, a, almost dirty feel to it, I can't describe it, it just feels like there's a lot of gunk on the panels, and that's just the way that he does it, and I'm starting to learn that's fine, because he also does a really good job drawing people, and, you know, the, the situations and scenes, they're all really well drawn out, so I would say the art is not terrible, there's some certain scenes, I think he has a little more issue when he's doing action scenes, uh, in terms of like facial expressions and stuff but again I'm I have no business critiquing someone who is so good at drawing and uh, is literally painting murals on multiple panels for eight issues like this is that that'd be the same as me trying to tell I me not knowing how to build a house trying to tell somebody who builds a house that I may not like the way that the house looks but I' have no idea how to build this house like I so I have no business telling him I've realized, he's good he's good and jason aaron is as well so it's just this instance where you know this cool idea kind of doesn't really go anywhere so the watcher is murdered and his eyes are taken and that's the mystery who killed the watcher and so i want to i want to touch on that because that's essential that's the story that is literally the story how why do you need eight eight issues for that and I think that sort of stems from, first of all, the idea that we need to sell more comics. We want to try and make these stories a little longer, a little more drawn out. No longer the Civil War 7-issue series or the 6-issue miniseries. Um, Avengers vs. X-Men was 12 issues, and I thought that was bloated. Um, but I enjoyed Avengers vs. X-Men more than Original Sin. This did not need to be 8. This could have easily been 4, and it would have probably been better for it, just because, again, you really feel the drag on this, for sure. And uh, so what happens in it is, okay, Who we need to figure out who killed the Watcher. So out of the almost thin air, uh, teams are assembled of, again, Jason Aaron no doubt going, "Hey, I've really wanted to write these characters. Uh you've seen me sort of do it in the past. Uh, I think these would be really w- cool team-ups." And he's not wrong. Again, very cool team-ups, but every single team-up is him writing his classic Jason Aaron sort of uh, one-liners. And it just it really stands out in this one and I, I it's hard for me to put my finger on because it's a really good writing technique and um it's a really good sort of way to quickly describe a scene or to describe a character to catch people up to speed. But in and of itself, it just it rubs me the wrong way, and I can't figure out exactly why. But I am going to, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna find you a couple of examples on this because I think this is a critique that I feel like needs a few examples just to understand what uh, what I'm talking about. But. Um, and so, uh, so it's like, who's going to kill the watcher? So we've got a group of people that's the big, the big person is Nick Fury. He's like already the big established as the big guy in this first episode or issue. And he's setting up some teams. He's got like Captain America, Black Widow, Thor, Wolverine, Spider-Man, the thing. But then there's some other side teams that are, one of them is uh, Dr. Strange and the Punisher, which again, very cool combo. And they, they touch on that. Uh, Again, obviously, because of these one liners. And then there's a space team that's Moon Knight, um, Bucky, Winter Soldier, and Gamora. Very cool as well. So you're starting to see, as he explains, this theme of characters who are maybe a little more questionable. Also, um, Ant Man as well. So, like former criminals, people who have murdered. uh, And so we're getting to that spot where it's like, okay, let's gather all of these characters. So. Um, and, and with that said, and I'm going to get you to those quotes that I'm talking about, because I guarantee you they're in the second issue. Um, the, the cover of each of these issues has uh, a, a question, uh, sort of like a, like a whodunit. So the first one is, who shot the Watcher? That's in the first issue. That question is not answered in that issue. I'm sorry. Um, issue number two, who holds the eye? Uh, I don't think we find out in that issue, but we also might. It's it's the one guy you would have guessed, the guy who is an I. And then at number three, it's the answers at all costs. We don't get any answers. Uh, original uh, number four, trust no one. That's true. Not even Marvel in this case. Uh, what is the unseen? It's not, not. It is anticlimactic. Is what the unseen is. Uh, who pulled the trigger? We don't find that out in that issue. It's found out in the following issue, in the last, which is the last battleground. And then the final the final judgment is issue number eight, and it shows all these watchers showing up to do a final judgment. That doesn't really happen in the issue, um, and it falls flat. So in the second issue, and I'm gonna pull up where it is, because the, the perfect example was an explanation of, uh, it's the Punisher and, uh, and uh, Doctor Strange. But so they're, they're in here, and he says, where is it? Oh, I mean, they just keep going back over, but he, said, he says we shouldn't be out in the open like this. And uh, Stephen Strange says, this is a realm of man-eating shadows. Believe me, Castle, in the open is the only safe place to be. Uh, just very absolutes when they say, that. I thought we were supposed to be hunting a murderer. We are. Then that must mean we're bait.'" I don't like being bait dr strange says put your gun down we're not bait see those birds i conjured those birds they can smell murder victims from worlds away if there are corpses here they'll find them and uh, punisher says murder sniffing birds why the hell do you need me strange he says if you remember that wasn't up to me you were chosen by they've found something no wait and it's, it, okay, so it's like any time that you're about to get an answer, uh, he puts something in where, you know, it's a scene thing and, and now we don't know what it is. Um, and, and it, But it's all through this sort of like tough guy talk of, um, so here, and so the, the literal next scene, I guess they got transported to a giant dead body. Uh, Net, Punisher says, next time I can walk. Dr. Strange, that's a beast king of the ancient world, 80 feet long punisher 85 been here for years dr strange don't touch it what are you doing Do, uh, punisher looking for an exit wound uh, strange don't be ridiculous a thing like that couldn't be killed with a gun well now and and he says well now i know why i'm here you and your birds sniff out the bodies doc and i'll find your damn killer for you and he pulls out a bullet and uh it's like okay yeah of course like he can pull out a magical bullet from a thing good good on the punisher it must have been in the uh it had to have been in this first issue then because he they are already on their business and it's just when they meet it is is so funny to me i think it's here uh yeah the pun, the okay so this is yeah I gotta read this though so the Punisher is interviewing a a guy tied up to a chair with a car battery tied up to his chest uh, classic Punisher am I right uh, and the guy says that's it I've told you about every last one of them he says you're lying and he says I swear I'll take you to where they're buried please and then out of the corner he's telling the truth and it's Doctor Strange he says believe me I see things other men cannot. And Punisher says, I know he's telling the truth. So you've got the, again, this is like that sort of the the dialogue setup of him saying, you're lying. But then his buddy cop says, no, he's telling the truth because I know magic. But he says, he doesn't say I know magic. He says, I see things other men cannot. But then Punisher says, yeah, but I'm also better than you. So essentially, Strains now is one-upping Punisher. That's what this entire series is about, is all of these characters one-upping each other in their comments, because then Punisher one-ups him. says, I know he's telling the truth. The first 15 minutes were for making him talk. The last hour was because he deserved it. And Steven says, he's had enough, and we need to be going. He says, when I'm finished and then Doctor Strange says you are finished and he transports the guy away. And so okay, now Doctor Strange has one up the Punisher and he says, "What the hell?" And 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 how does he one up him? He doesn't say, "Oh yeah, I I I got rid of him. We've got business to do." He says, "I sent him to a dimension ruled by beetles the size of Dobermans, surely even you must approve." And now okay, so that's passing the ball back to Punisher. What can he say to one up Doctor Strange? get this straight doc we are not friends we are not partners do that again and i shoot your kneecaps off come on let's get this over with and it's a full wide shot of the punisher uh because okay in these three panels he's been in the shadows the entire time so you may not have known that it was the punisher (laughs) but it is and it says the punisher world's most successful mass murderer it's like and it's just to me reading reading as many comics watching as many stories and and stories i mean movies tv shows books that sort of stuff does not have an effect on me when if if again actions speak louder than words and i didn't think i would pull that line out again in this podcast but they do and uh so to see dr strange shoot his uh kneecaps off or to or to see dr strange put this guy into a another dimension that'd been awesome he doesn't. He just disappears him, and you don't see what happens. To see the Punisher, you know, say, I, I know he's telling the truth. We have no backstory on this guy. We don't know what's going on, and we don't care. And, uh, and that happens literally. Um, it's like every conversation. So it, it just keeps going. So here, uh, now Nick Fury is talking with Captain America. Our killer has killed before. Nick, you say something? Nothing. What did S.H.I.E.L.D. say? They're working with sword, pouring through spaceflight records and looking for any available satellite surveillance footage of the moon. I've sent Stark to help. I've also assured them the scene is secure. I've got Thor and Wolverine on patrol. Uh did you tell them I was here? Nick asks. No, I didn't know if you still were. Nick, good. I don't know if I am either. Cap. Well maybe this will help you make up your mind. Widow dug these fragments out of the watcher's skull. We think it's a bullet fury it's glowing green yeah and i have learned to get real and easy around things that grow glow green we're going to want to talk to banner as soon as hold that thought call coming in from the ff sounds like we may have found our first suspect and it's it's a mindless one who's just says the guy has given me knowledge i don't want this i i don't want this which is uh really interesting but um we get to so, I mean, here's, I just, I just landed on another Dr. Strange one. This is, this is the 26th page in the first issue. Um, they're just walking down a, uh, an alley and he says, uh, your plane or mine? And he says, plane? He didn't tell you the details, did he? Oh, this is going to be good. Wait, just where is it? Where? And then he, tra- he transports him to, uh, to that, uh, that dimension that they're in, in the second issue. But so by now, like I said, if that seems convoluted at all, if you're like, I I'm having problem following this, don't worry. It's, it's hard to follow. So at the very end of the second issue is when it's revealed that the, the orb, and it says the orb Z list supervillain with an eyeball for a head, the man who just changed the world. How did he just change the world though? I don't, I don't understand how he changed the world because I don't think the secrets are revealed yet nope they're not and uh so he didn't just change the world he's going to in the next issue uh which is the answers at all cost issue which is the only probably one of the, the better issues only because in this issue you slowly start to see the the truths that are revealed and i mentioned that in the prior podcast but the truths that are revealed by this eye which again i don't know how that's possible maybe i think it's the orb can talk to the eyeball and reveal it and now we find out that dr midas and his <clears throat> his daughter are also involved in this really hard to follow how uh, but all of these people just get knocked out with truth basically which is what you know a lot of people are getting knocked out with truth right now uh, again why i feel this original sin was important to talk about this weekend but um yeah but then it's like oh, they got they get the eye and at the very end of this issue winter soldier kills Nick Fury. And so when you read it the first time, that's a really cool cliffhanger. But reading it a second time, it doesn't even it has zero effect because we know now that um Nick Fury is uh the it's an LMD. It's a life model decoy and and that's kind of what we start figuring out through this and so I'm not even going to click through on these other ones cuz we're get, we're getting a little long on the, on just this this uh, Um, this podcast, but um, it's also because all the next issues, they, they, they all blend into one. So essentially what happens in these other issues is we find out that Nick Fury killed the Watcher. You could have guessed that from probably the first issue if you were really, really astute, but definitely by um, the fourth issue, because you start learning that Nick Fury, once you get Nick Fury's backstory, which is in what, so this is essentially a Nick Fury-ish series, and, and for that, I liked it. That was the only thing I liked about this, um, besides some of these other things that I've mentioned that I liked, but it just in terms of the story, it was almost a kind of definitive end for Nick Fury, and in that way, I really appreciate this story, because, Nick Fury is that kind of weird amalgam that's always out there. That he, um, you know, he's always around. How how is that possible? Oh, he has he has the legacy the legacy virus which, um, or it's the infinity formula, something that keeps him young forever. And so he explains that the infinity formula has been wearing off. And so he comes out of this like stasis chamber on the moon and he's really old. He's like, it's been wearing off. This entire time I've been using life model decoys all over the world reporting to me and, um, and so from there he, re- he doesn't reveal all of it, but by then you're like, okay, so it's probably him who killed the watcher makes sense. Cause he's, you know, we don't know what more to believe in regards to this. And, uh, but then we learn about the unseen. And so the unseen is something that, uh, it also cool concept, not something that needs an eight issue series about. A one shot would be perfect, but it's the story about a person who is is charged with being the man on the wall. And what that is, is somebody who is stopping threats before they become threats. A very questionable role, something of an X-Force type role, where Nick Fury um is out in space he goes wherever he needs to go and kills whoever he needs to kill to prevent excuse me devastation you know annihilation What, whatever there's a big bad out there rumored to be coming to earth Nick Fury sent there kills them before they even realize it shoots them with magic bullets from really far away again a cool concept but it's like of course Nick Fury would be this guy like they, may, they make it out like it's some big surprise and it's like it isn't, and, and and to that point, it's sort of a good turn for Nick because it makes sense that that's who he is and who he's been this whole time. That he's been influencing all this because he's kind of it got his hands in a lot of different pots, and uh, so by the end of that, though, we we find out that he's the one who killed the Watcher, and um, but that's it. That's literally it. And so I'm just gonna buzz to this ver- the very end of this, and. Um, and kind of go from there. I mean, we're even all so here's here's what you could do. I wonder I wonder if you could pull up issue 8 having read none of the prior issues and just read this. The watcher has been murdered. The Watcher has been murdered, his eyes plucked from his head. One of the eyes was taken by a group of villains, the Orb, Dr. Midas, and his daughter, the Exterminatrix, and their minions, the Mindless Ones. The Orb, using the eye as a bomb, revealed to a group of heroes secrets only the Watcher could possibly know. The Orb was apprehended, but it soon became clear he was not responsible for the Watcher's murder. Following various trails, a number of heroes were led to a satellite manned by an aged Nick Fury and a host of life model decoys. Fury revealed to the heroes that he had been tasked with the job of being the man on the wall, Earth's first line of defense against those who would seek to destroy it. With his life coming to a close, Fury chose these heroes as candidates to be his replacement. Uh, again, because you know it's the Punisher, Str- these people who are not strangers to having to make really tough decisions, like a man on the wall would. Captain America, angry at all the lies told by Fury, has called upon every Avenger available to launch an all-out assault on Fury in the quest for answers. As the heroes, villains, and Fury all made their way to the Watcher's former home on the moon, the question remained, who killed the Watcher? point out this is the question that was asked in the first issue and of course we would find it out in the last issue who killed the watcher why none other than nick fury and uh, we find that out pretty quick and uh from there you know a fight big fight ensues and um he said you know the watcher basically sort of asks for fury to do that and because of that the at the very end of this we find out fury becomes essentially the new watcher he is now chained to the moon uh oh wow wait is that oh that's not destiny that's just another um watcher i suppose but so now fury is um he's on the moon basically and he's trapped as the uh the unseen and so now he's like he has to watch every the unseen and this is his burden now this is his curse to watch i believe uh but never yeah to watch but never interfere so that and so that what you're left with at the end of this series is that for fury uh winter soldier becomes the man on the wall which again perfect for it uh thor is no longer worthy and uh that's what uh we come to for um the new mighty thor there's some other things that come out of it as well but that's it, and so again, in terms of a story, and it is is—it is a cool concept, it is a cool idea, and it's something that is sort of fun to explain to people but as a series itself, it was not enjoyable to read, and that is only because as I felt like I was groaning more than I was enjoying the story, because of all those one-liners, the characters just constantly one-upping each other through their dialogue, but never showing it through the art in the story, uh, which is, again, it's just, it doesn't work well, Diodato is not great at action type stuff he's great at drawing but you'll notice there's a couple of instances where you see thor's hammer and this is during that time when um this was after thor even came out in theaters but it is still the design of the ancient thor hammer where it is a really tiny hammer head and a really long uh hammer uh what is that called the hilt the portion that you grab onto the onto the hammer for which is just not only very unattractive in terms of looking at a cool hammer but it's not the way the hammer is these days so there's a lot of stuff in it that's just like okay whatever um so if i were to recommend it to somebody i wouldn't i would never recommend anyone to read this uh, but I would recommend you to at least look up what the plot is and the summary of it, or to have somebody who has read it read it to you, like to, to kind of s- give you a summary. Heck, you could just put up this podcast and you'll be all set, uh, because that's that's about it. It doesn't, it doesn't change a lot in the MCU, or not MCU, it doesn't change a lot in the Marvel Universe. Uh, except for again those truths that are released like thor has a sister angela essentially all these truths were released in order for more new content to be pumped into marvel Um, jane foster thor angela coming over into the marvel universe silk coming into the marvel universe um, I'm trying, I am feel like there's maybe another one, but those are the big ones. And, and hey, I'm grateful. I, I'm not a huge fan of Angela. I'm fine with her. No problems. But um, Silk and Jane Foster are some of my favorite Marvel characters now. So again, I am grateful for Original Sin for at least some of the things that came out of it. But just because I'm grateful for those things does not change the fact that it was not one of my favorite Marvel stories. So with all of that said, we will wrap up this podcast. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me rant, to listen to me talk a little bit about a new documentary and uh also for uh listening to this comic portion i'm I'm glad that i got to talk about some comics i was honestly dreading this this series because i knew i wouldn't enjoy it Uh, but i wanted to just prove it to myself that i that i did and now we're going to be moving into some fun territory because there have been a lot of really great stories that came out for free on marvel's site that i'm going to be rereading that i'm really looking forward to rereading so if we're to actually, we're gonna we're gonna pull this up and we're gonna figure it out on the fly right now as we conclude what next month's um, comic is gonna be that we're gonna discuss. So I think uh, based on and actually, so what is that gonna be? That's it's gonna be for June. Um, that's perfect. Actually, this is gonna work out nice. So for June, I think in regards to. Um, uh, I I, I call it the current climate, missing the uh, times of old, I suppose. We are going to read Civil War and I think this is gonna be a really good one to read, but it's gonna be two things, so I'm gonna give them to you now because I'm gonna read both of these. Uh, This is, first off, uh, and for those of you that have never read Civil War, um, can't wait for you to read it because this is one of Marvel's best. It's an all-timer, and that is based on my memory. Can't wait to reread it again and see if I still feel the same way, but um, it's just a great story. It bred a really great movie uh, really this is what got me into reading comics so that's it's really special for me in that regard and uh, it's a perfect summer blockbuster comic that's why I think it'll come out perfectly for being June um, right in the heat of the summer because then I'm thinking July we may do uh, we'll see I'm not gonna jump to conclusions but it's gonna be the main series so Civil war uh, one through seven and let me just make sure because I'm gonna be reading these in in bulk on my iPad so I just want to double check that that's what is included in here yep okay so civil war one through seven and then before that and I, again highlighting before the road to civil war we are going to do this as well because there's some important pieces and again this was um civil war was free on marvel uh, their their comic site um, so if you got it, awesome. Great job. If not, it also became uh, a sale. There was a Civil War sale and that's where I purchased the Road to Civil War. Civil War was on sale as well, but I was like, I can wait. And then it was free. Uh, but the Road to Civil War I got for like two bucks and it's it's another trade paperback. And um, it it contains some multiple stories. So I'm going to list these out for you guys because I think they're all important and they're all fun to read, but they're all different. So if you're on Marvel Unlimited, again, it's going to be Civil War 1 through 7 and then New Avengers Illuminati One-Shot. This is important. This is the one by Brian Michael Bendis. It is only a one-shot. And when you look at it, the cover is by Alex Maleev i know that because i have a signed copy of this issue but it is also it's going to have a banner on it that says the road to civil war don't confuse it with one there's another new avengers illuminati that brian michael bendis did that's probably in there too it's a five issue miniseries also phenomenal but it's different so it is just this one shot and then amazing spider-man 529 through 531 That is, uh, this is the issues where he becomes the Iron Spider. Uh, So that's important as well. And then Fantastic Four, 536 and 537. So that is um, essentially six issues, another seven. So 13, this is going to be a a wild summer reading. Um, Feel free, obviously, to read all of it or uh, a little bit of it. Doesn't matter. Uh, I, I will encompass both of those into... A supersized probably issue or or episode that we we talk about it. Uh, so again, it'll be Civil War one through seven, uh, New Avengers Illuminati one shot, uh, Amazing Spider-Man five uh, five twenty nine through five thirty one, and Fantastic Four five thirty six through five thirty seven. So two issues of Fantastic Four, three of Spider-Man seven of Civil War, and one new Avengers one shot. Um, It's going to give us a good discussion. So for Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there, and I'll talk to you soon.